Welcome to Connected, a podcast about the operations and the people that make up Chamberlain Group. I'm Colin Uthi, and this month we're wrapping up our two-part episode on the business resource groups that support the diversity, equity, and inclusion of our company culture. If you haven't already, be sure to listen to our previous episode on POCA, our BRG that supports people of color and allies throughout our business. This month, in recognition of Women's History Month, I sat down with active members of the Chamberlain Group Women's Network. Hi, I'm Tansila Malani. I am a Senior Manager of Design Research in Connected Services, and I am the current President of the Women's Network. I am Jenny Reince. I am the Senior Director of Strategic Sourcing Indirect and Real Estate, and I was one of the co-founders and an inaugural president. I'm Nadia Guzman, currently Director of Sourcing here at Chamberlain and co-founder and former advisory member for the Women's Network as a program and event chair. I am so happy to have you all here in this room. So this is the second part of a two-part episode of me diving into the BRGs. So the first episode is with POCA. We got to talking a little bit about what a BRG is, where they are in the you know BRG life cycle. I recently learned about employee resource groups versus business resource groups. I wanted to ask you all just to start, where do you see the women's network between ERG and BRG? It's an important distinction, actually, between a BRG, a business resource group, and an ERG, which is an employee resource group. Typically, groups forms, they start with being an affinity group, which is just more of like a casual coming together of like-minded individuals. Um, and then it, as they formalize, they sort of turn into either an ERG or a BRG, depending on what their mission is. Do they want to be more closely tied to business goals, or do they want to be more closely tied to like employee goals and um, growth. So I feel like we're kind of in the middle. We're a BRG and an ERG. I know that's a non-answer, <laughs> non but we're kind of in the middle because we do we do a lot that helps the business grow. Um, we do tie into a lot of business growth opportunities, but we really do want to focus on what the employee, what our members want from the Women's Network. You sound really satisfied with where the Women's Network is at currently and what they provide. Yes, yes, I think we are. I think we're on a really good path. Awesome. So the first question is kind of a big one, but this is something I didn't get to ask Polka and I'd like to follow up with you guys on. So why is there a need for BRGs in the workplace for minority groups? I think diversity, equity, and inclusion is very important, right? Uh, we need to bring different perspective, different point of views, and the only way you can do that is actually having this kind of a safe space where everyone can start bringing together, you know, like a common goal and objective. For us, it's important to see representation, right? And this is one of the first places where you can have that. So let's focus in on the Women's Network specifically. So what is the Women's Network mission? So we actually just recently refined our mission. So we've been around for almost five years now, if you can believe that. <laughs> and we felt that we have gone through some growing pains and we wanted to be relevant and continue to be relevant moving forward. So we actually did a survey with our Women's Network members to make sure that we're still giving them what they what they want and to understand where we might be missing opportunities and where they want to go. Yeah, staying relevant, right? Exactly. So uh, we refined our mission and our mission is basically to enable our one team to thrive 
both professionally and personally by providing educational and networking opportunities in that safe and supportive uh, space to foster community connection and growth. So what's really important for us is that both sides of the person, the whole person, the professional and the personal side to the office. So along with our refinement of our mission, we also had to update our goals. Our main goals are to continue to increase membership engagement. Just because you have lots of members doesn't mean there's necessarily an engagement. So we want to make sure that we have membership growth and engagement, uh, focusing again on personal and professional growth opportunities. So different webinars, different events and opportunities where our members can learn and grow and deliver fewer but more impactful events. Uh, we had grown and we had started to have events, so, so many events that were kind of made it tough for our members to join every single time or to prioritize them. Uh, so we decided that we're just going to do fewer, but they're going to be more impactful. And so that's working again with, with the opportunities that they want to hear. Well, that sounds like it aligns nicely with the company as a whole, because our whole mission right now is just simplifying, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Every part of what we can. Yep. And yeah, that's sounds like it's right on the money. Yeah. Yes. And then, of course, to continue to uh, have local events through our champions. So mm -hmm. we have, we are a global network. So we have our champions in each of our company locations. And then a big one this year to support our Nogales chapter, or to become a subchapter. Actually, they're still our champion location, but we want to uh, support them to become their own subchapter. Let's backtrack a little bit, and I want to ask about how the Women's Network started. Women's Network started in a way that resulted in us co-founders having these really deep relationships. We all had become leaders in the last 24 months and really spoke about having somebody to trust. And so I actually personally went and picked several people in the organization that I trusted and thought were on a good path and asked them to be part of the co-founding team. So I approached people like Naja and Eileen King and Jing Zing and a few others who aren't here anymore. And we really just said, what do we want out of this? We wanted friendship. We wanted trust. We wanted leadership. And we wanted a safe place to say, what do you think about me, about what I did, about this experience, and really get feedback that was coming from a good place. So we wanted to be an infinity group. Um, but we also realized we were going to be utilizing company resources, i.e. lunch times or a, a facility room. And so we approached the CEO and CHRO at the time, and they were really excited for us and said, but guys, you need to put a charter around it. So we really want you to be a, a BRG. So go do your homework and uh, come back to us with the charter. And really funny story is, Naja sat at my dining room table with me and we just crafted and drafted this charter. Then we gave it to the rest of the co-founders and the, and the pillar leaders and we got approved. And we had our first event, um, was a um, Renee Brown TED Talk. And we had about 56 people, men and women, who came into that meeting. So we were, we were pretty proud. And it still to this day feels good. And as an active member, I'm not on any board anymore, but as an active member, I, I am so thrilled with, with where this is. We would never thought sitting at my dining room table, you know, like that this would be what it is today. So it sounds like the leadership team wanted you to be able to do this, but they were willing to give you some guidance on like, here's how you need to craft it. Here's how we, here's how it's taken seriously, right? Yes. yes. Part of that too in the conversation was that 
they knew that if uh, we were going that route, other groups could be formed eventually. So they wanted us to, okay, you have to create a charter that is broad enough that can be used as a guideline for any other ones. As we know, you know, now we have POCA, but you know, you can have from LGBTQ, you can have from veterans, you know, Latinx. So we were, we, 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 they, they knew other ones. We could open the doors to others, ERGs or BRGs to uh, start in the company. I mean, that's exactly what happened, mm-hmm. isn't it? Correct. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, it's a lot of hard work. Nearly five years after its creation, the Women's Network is preparing to take a giant leap forward and establish an official second chapter at our manufacturing plant in Nogales, Mexico. So basically, after the Women's Network started, right, we always have the vision of figuring out where and when to go global, right? We knew that after starting Oprah, at some point we wanted to extend it. Around 2020, I remember a co-founder was reaching out to different locations to figure out how to start that journey and reaching out to uh, different key, key members. And then from that moment, also um, creating the, the, the what we are calling the, the champions extension at different locations. But also we had the, the pandemic, right? So um, I believe that around July timeframe, that's when... Uh, the rollout of the champions were executed at different locations. But in 2021, I reached out to some of the people in Nogales that, believe it or not, in Nogales since 2015, they already had a committee for uh, a, a comité de mujeres, basically like a women's network. Okay. Already working and, and being active, they had sometimes their own uh, conferences, uh, community services, and engagement uh, locally. So then we were explaining, let's have this umbrella from the, you know, the Women's Network from corporate and then how we can extend with the champions and eventually maybe like we're talking about the sub-chapter, right? But through through the execution, you know, we, we have these champions that were aligning with corporate on a monthly basis. Uh, you know, we were, that's where you do report um, your uh, events and, and, and also how we were going through the membership, the engagement, and, and, and things like that. We started getting traction. I think uh, we can see that through 2021, 22, you can see that we show progress and growth. I am excited that, that definitely in 2023, we can see the, the change of, okay, let's, let's work on the sub-chapter. We already have a good uh, membership group. And we already have laid out events that align with our values and missions and everything. We already have a whole uh, week of events that we're very excited uh, going on in Nogales. So I think also this is going to help us having that advertisement. Okay, now we're going to, this is the way we want to continue the growth. And this is how the, you know, the governance, the framework and everything works so we can create the similarities of the structure that we already have on the chapter here. Yeah, it almost sounds like a merger. Yes. That's really beneficial for everybody. That's that's awesome to hear. So how did that, what was the experience like aligning them with the overarching women's network? I think it works organically. I, I think it was, um, we had very good communication with the team here. Basically, we just started participating on the, on the meetings and then eventually saying, you know what, 
Uh, we're growing. We need, uh, eventually, we will also like to pilot, let's say, you know, the, the creation of subchapter because eventually that's what you, you want in other locations too. So basically, we're going to be the first um, coming into the the framework of having a, like a subchapter. That's really exciting. With I some am... really huge events too, right, Nasha? Yeah, tell me about the events. Well, we have a whole week event around the Women's um, International Women's Day on the 8th. We're starting with Monday the 6th with a Health Prevention Day where we're inviting different uh, employees to, to attend. Second, uh, the, the second day, that Tuesday, we are talking about uh, the meaning of uh, embracing equality. Uh, on Wednesday, on the same day, we're talking about, we're bringing a, a speaker to talk about resiliency. And on Thursday, March 9th, we're bringing local participants and members to be um, uh, to participate in a leadership panel. And then at the end of the week, we're, we're doing a, a bazaar, which is basically um, members bringing their clothes and then reselling to whoever wants to buy it. And it benefits, I'm, I'm assuming that the profits benefit. Uh, it's going to benefit JAM. I don't even remember yeah, Juntos okay. Ayudamos Mas. So it's a way to contribute in that charity event. too. That's a jam-packed week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to tell you, Colin, that um, Nogales is spectacular at putting on events that uh, totally engage their members and even non-members. I think you get a lot of non-members coming too, so they're always spectacular. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty jealous of the Nogales events. I've seen, <laughs> seen some photos in the past. Yeah. <laughs> What are some recent highlights or efforts from the Women's Network that have left a lasting impression on the business? And or what are your personal favorites of, of, of events that have been put on by the Women's Network? One of the best opportunities and it's most beneficial, Colin, is the speed mentoring sessions where you get 15 minutes with various leaders and the different parts of the organizations that you get to ask questions about your own career, your career growth, et cetera. And I have been on both sides of that. And it's incredibly satisfying to to meet other people and hear what they want to say. And then also to be able to, for somebody to be interested in my story. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. very, it's just a really good feeling. And overall, doesn't even take a lot of commitment. And I still have relationships with most of the people that I've mentored. I still, they still will talk to me. And I also talk to the people that have mentored me. So it creates an, a safe an even safer environment, more long-term. It's not one and done. It doesn't have to be if both parties agree, which is a great experience. I love the speed mentoring event. Uh, you learn a lot. Uh, you know, there, you can discuss about uh, communicate, uh, conflict communication, anything related to leadership, our career path. So, you know, it's, it's, we have specified some themes that... Um, that then requires matching correctly the mentee with the mentor. So actually those 15 minutes are, are... Oh, so it's curated. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a lot of work goes into creating the right pairings um, so that you can get the best and the most out of the, your 15 minutes that you have. And that's available to anybody. Yeah, anybody. But oh. I might say that one of the benefits of being a member is that you get to sign up first. So we do have limited slots. Um, but yeah, so plug in for a membership. It sounds like a raving success so far. And there's a lot of ELT involvement. Almost all, I think, of the ELT has been involved. So you're really getting access to a CHRO, to a CEO, to a COO, and you, you know, that you might not get 15 minutes of fame with. So that's another plug. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's really one of the, the key benefits of that speed mentoring is that you have 
dedicated time with somebody you may not ever have a chance to meet. So that, that that's a big driver, and uh, speed mentoring is one of our signature events that our members and non-members alike really, really enjoy. When's the next one coming up? Speed mentoring will be, uh, we've moved the dates around. Um, I think it's going to be in the third quarter this year. Okay. September. I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. And the other signature event we have is book club, which is also um, ELT supported. So we have three, usually we have three different books, three different um, ELT members who choose a book that they have, um, that they not only enjoyed reading, but just uh, meant something to them, right? And usually these are professional-related books, so I don't think we've ever had anything that's... No John Green no, at the... No. The <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but then we have uh, we have engagement through teams, and then we end it with a one-hour sort of a book club discussion, if you will, with, with the ELT leading that discussion and, and really getting to dive deep into what sort of drove them to choose this book, what did they get out of it, and, and hopefully what did our members get out of it as well. How often do those happen? That's a once-a-year event also, and that one will be uh, in the second quarter. I think we're doing that in um, April. It should be coming up soon. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay, so I want to give you all an opportunity to answer this in your own words. How would you personally describe the impact that the Women's Network has left on the business thus far? I would say that we initiated the way about having more conversations and discussions about diversity, equity, and inclusion, bringing some of the cultural awareness events that we started back in 2018 and then 2019. One of the first ones I can talk about is even Black History Month and also talking about the International Women's Day and and Hispanic heritage. It was, you know, bringing a little bit of that conversation during our initial events uh, during that year. So I would say it was maybe we started uh, a wave during that time. I think that tracks back to just the mission of the BRGs as a whole, right? You know, giving a platform for those multicultural experiences to be appreciated and observed. You can show for the the progress that has been made there. I think that the business has really flourished by having BRGs because we participated in a lot of voice of customer feedback. We got our own little forum together and and provided feedback on products that are Chamberlain-driven access. And I think that it was great for the talent retention and recruitment to say that there were forums like this available to employees to engage both their professionalism and and personal likes. So I think that those things have really helped the business in more ways than we probably thought in the very beginning. I was actually doing a fair amount of hiring over the last year or so, year and a half. Well, I should say interviewing, maybe not hiring, but interviewing for sure. And when I would mention that, you know, I'm, I'm part of the Women's Network and we have a BRG, we have actually two BRGs and most candidates were a surprised and be pleasantly surprised that you know a company our size. You know we're not the Microsoft. We're not like these big giant tech companies where it's kind of expected. But you know this speaks to who we are as a company that we do in fact really care about our employees and and want them to to have different kinds of opportunities. So to me that was always really kind of heartwarming in a way to to see that response from people outside the company. What are some ways that employees can support or engage with the Women's Network? 
So the easiest thing to do is go to All Access and sign up. It's free. <laughs> and you're right away, you get access to Teams, you get access to our emails, you get access to first notice of events. Um, and then once you get start getting those notices, um, just show up and participate and, and um, uh, you know, be part of the conversation. Um, and in being part of the conversation, I would say even, you know, let us know what else we can do. What is what's missing? What, what are we doing well? What do you want to see more of? Um, those are some, I think, some easy ways to participate, really. I think something is important is sometimes people think Women's Network is only for women, but for everyone. I'm and so glad you said that. Yeah, and it's very important that because at the end of the day, we, we also look for advocates, allies, right? And the same goes for POCA as well. That is that is really good information to know. I think part of building up your network is having your allies be a part of it, right? So how do you get through all the DEI kinds of challenges without your allies? You can't. So having them there and being curious and understanding uh, you know, where you're coming from is, is really important. To the Chamberlain Group employees listening, if you are not a woman, if you are not a person of color, I encourage you to still get involved with our Chamberlain Group BRGs and the opportunities and programs they offer. Diversity, equity, and inclusion in the workplace is essential, not only for the benefit to our employees, but also to the benefit of our customers, our partners, and the communities where we live and work. Through embracing diverse perspectives and encouraging employees to be their authentic selves, we can open the doors to understanding one another, and we can gain new insights to create a better experience for our customers and partners that come from different backgrounds, cultures, and experiences. The potential for our business expands when we truly embrace what being one team is all about. Diverse people coming together to achieve one shared purpose making access simple for our customers. If you're not a Chamberlain Group employee, I encourage you to check us out at chamberlaingroup.com careers, or if nothing else, engage with your neighbor, explore your differences, and learn something new about the world. Being a good ally is about being curious. Like what is the um, experience of somebody else that that's not my experience and try to understand what that is and that's what we would hope from from our allies too like you have to understand first before you can start to to move the needle somewhere easier said than done but i completely agree with you well i love what you all are doing and i am looking forward to these events that are coming up i'm looking forward to a recap of what's to happen in nogales or by the time this airs what has already happened in nogales <laughs> um, but i just wanted to say once again thank you all for thank sitting you. down with me thank for, for a little us. while and giving me some insight that's all I got. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Tune in next month to hear more stories of how all of us at Chamberlain Group are connected. This episode was written, recorded, and edited by me, Colin Uthi. Our producer is Megan McClendon. Our music was provided by Soundstripe.com. Special thanks to Polka, the Women's Network, and the Chamberlain Group Corporate Communications Team. 